Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome in to Believe Me. Right here on Stadium, my name is Cam Rogers. So great to be with you here on a Friday evening. I am next to two legends, Brandon Lang of BrandonLang.com. And Casey Hudson is back. The people wanted her. She's back on the program. We're talking some betting, NBA, NFL. How we doing, guys? Hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just come out and say it right now. I didn't say it on air last week because it was her first week on, on the show. So all the, the, the viewers out there, if, if looking good were a crime, Casey be on death row. I just I had to throw it out there this week. It's just such a strong, rock-solid line. For all you viewers out there, try it. It's a closer. <laughs> You're good to go. Glad to have Would you use back. it on me, Lang? Kind of curious. I feel left out. Yeah, you need to you so. need to use that line, Cam. But welcome back, darling. Welcome back. <laughs> that perfect skin deserves a compliment, Cam. Thank you so I much, Brandon. It's so good Thank you so much. to be back with you guys. All right, guys. Well, let's get right into it. NBA Finals in full swing. Game one is behind us. Let's talk about just the finals in general right now. The Nuggets minus 400 to win this thing. The Heat plus 320. Brandon, you've been saying it for a month. The Western Conference is going to win the NBA Finals. Are you sticking with it? Already bet it, although my prediction of the Celtics coming back from 3-0 down looked pretty stinking good. I will go on record and say if Tatum doesn't sprain his ankle, I think the outcome would have been a little different. I'm a realist. I still think Miami probably wins the game. You could just see defensively that they were more locked in than than, than Miami. Um, But looking at Denver, um, I already bet him to win the series. you went through KD and book. You went through Davis and James. I don't think Jimmy Butler and four guys in a pickup basketball league are going to match up with the Denver Nuggets. It's just, it's give Miami credit, you know, and, and baby girl saw him up close and personal in Milwaukee series. Um, Knicks discard that series. And I think Boston was flawed. And I think we saw that in the, in, in the play and lost Atlanta, um, got a Chicago team that came down to Miami. They were to handle them. And then Milwaukee was flawed. I really believe that the Knicks were flawed and Boston was flawed. Denver's not flawed. The road Denver had to take to get to the NBA finals and who they went through. I'll say it again. You, you go through Durant and book. I, I really don't think you're going to have a problem with Miami. Great story. Maybe if Tyler hero were playing, it would be a little different but I just think Denver has too much. Brandon, I assume you got a better price at the point when you bet the Nuggets right now, minus 400, Casey. It seems like a good bet at this juncture. And let's also talk about, too, the fact that Miami is going into the altitude and they have to adjust to that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And I think that that's a lot of things or one of a big concept that's underestimated sometimes is just the lung capacity on these guys. And we kind of talked about it last week about the endurance on one team versus the other. And that was something that I gave the Nuggets credit to having the ability to kind of outwork the heat. They're a veteran group. And typically I'd swing that as a favorable way for them to win. But I just think that getting outworked by a group like the Nuggets, having that altitude play into it. And then there's just some un disputable statistics backing the Nuggets. It's just hard to look away for it. Dating back to 2017, the Nuggets are 12 and two versus the Heat. So they just consistently have this upper hand on them. And then you've got top guys that can rotate in and alleviate Jokic, you know, so it's not just going to become the Jokic show where if Jimmy Buckets doesn't show up, the Miami Heat kind of look a little frantic. 
Uh, Denver also has a more consistent defense. One guy in particular that I got to watch and cover up close is Aaron Gordon. His defensive game is going to be a little bit of a surprise for the Heat. And if he can kind of isolate Jimmy the, the littlest bit, it's going to be problematic. We saw Jimmy Butler get you know, silenced slightly in the first quarter in that big game seven, and then he kind of completely resurged in that second half. So I think the Denver Nuggets are just a little bit too more consistent, and they're the full package. They're explosive offensively. They have a defensive element to their game. They can rely on Jokic. They can rely on Murray. He's 27.7 points averaging. And then you got Aaron Gordon, who stepped up tremendously. So you have three 20-point scorers in the last game that they faced the Lakers in. And they're rested. They're going to be able to use that rest to their advantage. So there's just too many things stacking for the Nuggets. Now, I'm not taking anything away from the Heat. The coaching is fantastic. These guys are hungry. I think Jimmy Butler is a phenomenal leader. I just don't see the consistency for them to outwork an opponent's full package. Everybody's like, oh my God, they beat the Knicks in game one. They beat the Celtics in game one. They can beat the Nuggets in game one. That's not happening. This is a whole different beast. I'm with you guys. Denver Nuggets are going to win the NBA Finals. Now, we can bet, Casey, on the number of games that this Finals lasts. And you've got some really close together numbers, close together Mm -hmm. prices. Let's start with five games plus 225. Seven games plus 225, six games plus 240. Actually, the longest odds, four games, complete sweep at plus 425. Where are you going here, Casey? I'm going to go with six games. I like the six at the plus 240. I do think that the Nuggets will take game one, and I think that we saw some pretty big fight out of the Miami Heat that I don't want to count out. Um, I also think it's harder to get this far in a series and completely choke. Um, I keep seeing the people tweeting Denver's not the kind of team to play with its food, but I don't think that it's going to be that kind of matchup between these two. I think there will be some underestimated elements for the Miami Heat. So I see it going to six games, but after watching the Miami Heat blow a 3-0 lead, that's where I just can't see them winning more than two games in a series. Yeah, there's this whole rust versus momentum factor here. Brandon, Mm -hmm. what are you doing here? Denver win game one, Denver wins game two. They roll down to Miami, they win game three. Then they partied a little bit in South Beach with the little Latinas and Cubans and all the Russians and everybody down there. They take game four off a lot like that Minnesota series where they did the exact same thing. One game one, one game two, one game three, lost game four, came back home, one game five. I think it's going to go five games exactly as I broke it down. Once you win that third game in Miami, you relax, have a few cocktails, go to Levin, get your groove on. I mean, come on, brah. Nuggets in five. Yeah, you know, I'm going to lean with Brandon's logic here, Casey, because I do factor in the party atmosphere. They're going to win the first two games. The Nuggets are steal a third against Miami and then maybe have a little too much fun after that. All right, NBA Finals. If Caleb Martin shows up the way that he did in game seven, does that give them that cushion for a one more extra win under their belt? I would say so. Brandon? Well, I, again, um, Jimmy Butler being guarded by a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guy is one thing. Being guarded by a 6'9", guy who is athletic, she made a great point. It's a whole different ball game for Jimmy Basin, who guarded him in the Bucks series and in the Knicks series and the Boston series, Gordon's a beast. Just ask LeBron. I mean, Gordon's a beast. And so to have to deal with that all game long, I think in the two regular season meetings, Tyler Hero averaged like 25 a game against them. That's gone. Pope coming off the bat. I, they just, Denver can bring bodies at you. Um, 
Caleb Martin's not going to get the looks that he got. It's just it's a different defensive philosophy that they're coming with. That's why I think five games make sense to me. Denver's not going to mess around. Um, Book in that last game, they contained him a little bit. And Durant and Book were just tired. Eventually, Miami's going to hit that wall where they're tired based on the run they've had with with the depth. They're coming with seven, eight players, and that's it. Five makes sense to me. It just does. Now, it could go six like Baby Girl said. I get it. It's It makes perfect sense that Miami, you know, loses two, wins, you know, wins two, and then you know, it, it could. Yeah. I just – this reminds – if you can sweep the Lakers, think about that. Every game could have gone the other way. So if you can sweep the Lakers, I just don't see them struggling with a Miami team that I feel, A – overachieved against a weak Eastern conference and B they're here, but I think it's, it's, it's minimum, minimum boys. Yeah. I think it's going to be a wake up call for the Miami heat when they head into Denver guys. So we'll see what happens. Hey, as a fan of the NBA, I just want competitiveness, but we shall see. Okay. Let's pivot to the NFL guys. We did not have time to talk about this last week. We do this week. The NFL has implemented a rule where they can now flex out Thursday night football games within a certain bracket of the regular season. And we have odds, of course we do, for that first flexed out game. I'll read them off real quick. Week 13, Seahawks-Cowboys. Week 14, Patriots-Steelers. Week 16, Saints-Rams. Week 17, Jets-Browns. Week 15, longest odds, Chargers at Raiders. This is a tough call, Brandon. What do you think? All the games that you mentioned, um, Seattle-Dallas could be a little boring. I don't think Geno Smith in prime time. I think that could be flexed out. Mm -hmm. Um, Pittsburgh-New England, Brady and Roethlisberger, great, awesome, Mm -hmm. ready to go. Um, Matt Jones and, and Kenny Pickett. Can he pick it? I, I think that could be flexed out. So those are the two that kind of that kind of jump out at me. Um, Browns, Jets, no way. Aaron Rodgers in prime time with the Jets, no way. Everything else I think holds place. I think those two to me are the ones that jump out. Those two are the shortest prices right now, Casey. What do you think? Uh, he he picked my brain on that one. The Mac and Kenny matchup. Yeah. Um, I think that we just saw – you know, some interesting work of the Steelers defense kind of having sparks, relying too heavily on Watt. And then you've got the Patriots run game that started to come alive after week eight there. So um, I would swing the same favor of the Patriots Steelers. And then I think I wouldn't mind Geno Smith and, and Dak. The Cowboys have to make a statement this season. They've done too much um, getting their fan base excited, making fans think that they were going to finally be consistent in their season, that they were going to be able to be ex- – equally formidable offensively as they were defensively and vice versa. And then one just always falls through with one player out of the game. So I want to see what comes of that. And Geno Smith getting that big contract, he's going to be on a whole different level this season. I just personally believe that it's his time to shine. Um, And he's got to represent Canales and show that that QB coach really found something in him worth keeping his career in the NFL. Yeah. You know, the Seahawks logic makes a ton of sense, but for me, it's Dallas. There is no reason whatsoever to flex out the Dallas Cowboys unless they're like 2-11 and 11 entering this game. You know what I mean? Like, Dallas has like three Sunday night football games this year as well. So, 
I'm with you, Casey. I think it's going to be the Patriots and the Steelers at 3-2-1. Mac Jones, Kenny Bro. Pickett, Snores Borealis, Brandon. Bro, He's do, not you under- do you understand? Help me to help you. See, Jerry, you think we're fighting. I think we're communicating. A little Jerry Maguire for you there. Listen to me. Do you know how boring it is to watch the Seattle Seahawks play offense? It, what? It, they can run the football. Oh DK my God. Metcalf? You don't want you don't want a primetime game that's running the football, bro. But you it's don't. not just the Seahawks. It's the Seahawks versus the the edge rushers of the Dallas Cowboys. And if they can carry over some of the excitement they had for the first three weeks of last year's season. You ever it's see only it? if they can carry over the excitement. If it's hmm. you know, if their defense comes in and is underwhelming, then yeah, it's gonna be annoying. But have you ever fished? Have you ever fished, baby girl? Have you ever fished and <laughs> caught a fish? I'm not touching the fish, but I fish. You pull it out of the water and you let it on the dock and it flops. That's Geno Smith watching Geno Smith play quarterback. (laughs) Comeback player of the year. Yeah. I listen, I get it. It just he's a boring guy to watch. I will say this: the only reason why Dallas would stay in is because they're America's team and everybody likes to watch them on TV. That's it. But I don't think Dallas, Seattle, if there's a better game on the board that week, I you know, there's a Cincinnati and somebody. Give me, give me Joe Cool. Give me Joe Cool every day of the week. Mar- Jamar Chase and those boys every day of the week. All right. We'll see what happens as the season <laughs> unfolds. I agree that the last three are safe. I don't think they are moved at all. Let's talk about the rookie quarterbacks here this season, guys. Who will start more games this NFL season? And I love the plus money that I'm getting right now, Casey, with Bryce Young, plus 125, C.J. Stroud, plus 150, Anthony Richardson with the Colts, eh, plus 175. What do you think? <laughs> I'm with you on the eh. Um, the first note that I have when I started looking through these seasons and these guys' draft profiles is the fact that the Panthers and the Colts both have a quarterback that has had to lead a team at some point and did okay with it. You know, so fans are still excited about Gardner Minshew first just his swag and just the way that he carries himself and the fact that he did some quality things with the Jaguars. Andy Dalton ended up taking over for the the Saints and completely outrunning Jameis out of that job. Yes, he had the back injury, but I still think that it wasn't much of a competition after some time. It's the Texans that look like the the more vulnerable team here that would they don't have as much to lose. They could take the risk of putting a young guy. So depending on Stroud's football IQ and ability to pick up the playbook, I can kind of see him coming in there. Also, the Panthers sat in second place of a weak NFC South, which hurts me to say covering the Tampa Bay Bucks for some time. But, you know, with that chance to sit atop of the division, I don't see them taking as many risks, even though they had Phillip Walker drive that team for a couple of weeks. So I like C.J. Stroud at the plus 150 with the Texans. Um, I like his build at 6'3", 214, a small replication of the previous QB1. And he's quick, he's efficient, he's mobile. He's heading in the direction of where football is going for quarterbacks. And after being 0-7 to at home and having no home success and fans not wanting to watch you at all, I think the excitement of a guy like Stroud and Ohio State football and like the dedication to college is going to bring, in, uh, bring him in to get that starting chance fast, faster. Excuse me. Plus 150 there for C.J. Stroud. Brandon, are you tempted? <laughs> you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Oh, boy. I'm going to offer my leadership to this platoon because, because a platoon without a leader is like a foot without a big toe. And Sergeant Holka is always not going to be here. That's from Stripes, by the way, if you've never seen it. Bill Murray, uh, great movie. Um, Anthony Richardson, I think the Colts are going to be so bad 
that I think they just throw caution to the wind and put this kid in there and just let him go and learn on the fly. People tend to forget that Hall of Fame quarterback Troy Aikman came in from UCLA, started as a rookie, and went 2-14 and 14 his rookie year. Took his lumps, goes on to win three Super Bowl titles. Throw him in the fire. I'm taking the long shot, baby. Wow. Give me the versatile Lamar Jackson on steroids. Colts just put him in week one and say, go get it, big fella. Go get – you know what? Let Anthony cook. Let him cook, baby. I'm taking the long odds with Anthony Richardson. I'm just Plus, glad you didn't say young. Yeah. Well, hey, can we talk about that? Like, I'm all in on Bryce Young. Why doesn't it make sense, Casey? It's not that it doesn't make sense because, yes, Alabama produces NFL, you know, NFL caliber guys so consistently. But for me, it's the fact that with the Panthers being able to make the runs that they did with Philip Walker for starters and then the run game that they started to develop, they're not going to really need him right away. They're going to have to kind of redevelop him in, in their system. And what does that system look like now that you're not using a Philip Walker? And remember, Sam Darnold in the pocket, and he was doing magic sometimes when he was protected. I mean, I know he embarrassed the Bucks a couple of times. So I think it's just there's not a press there for Bryce Young, and they have to figure out where their system's going after Hubbard started to become a little bit more consistent some of the other running backs that they're going to have to bail them out of situations. You know, it's worth monitoring training camp as we go, guys, who gets that first team reps. So keep an eye on that as we go forward. But one thing is for sure, the Panthers traded up for this guy. So stay tuned. I will lean a CJ Stroud plus 150. Brandon, I'm off the Anthony Richardson train. I'm sorry. Okay, let's talk about wins over under. We did a little bit of this last week. We're going to start with the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is an interesting number here, Brandon, juiced up. Over 10.5, minus 170, under 10.5, plus 140. You get DeAndre Swift. You get Rashad Penny. Had a great draft with Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith. Over or under? 11 and 6. Is it possible? Yeah, with that offensive line and, and that offense and those receivers, the D-line, um, big kid from Georgia coming back. The draft choice is his partner in crime who pushed him in practice. Um, I'm going to go over 10 and a half. I think they get to 11. I don't think they get any more than that, but I think I thought it would be higher than that. So I'm going to go over 10 and a half. I think with, with the pieces they got and, and, and the players who were hurt last year coming back, I'm going to go over 10 and a half. Yeah. Casey Vegas really trying to protect itself right now. Minus 170. Can you lay that? Yeah, um, and I agree with Brandon, too. I mean, here's the thing. I think that they brought back the big boys that are going to help them get through those tough games for starters, but we can also take a look back at last season and think of the situations that Jalen Hurts himself bailed his team out of, um, and to have that kind of accountability. They started off the season 5-0 and last year. I think they have the same ability to do so. I think they're still more formidable than the Cowboys, Giants, and the Commanders once the Commanders figure out what's going on um, ownership and defense-wise. So I like this. I was concerned about the defensive pieces that they lost, but just to see their success at the line and in the trenches, that's going to help them, I think, at least get to 10-11 wins. Darius Lay back, James Bradbury back in the secondary. I'm with you guys. Let's go over. I will lay the juice. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Now we've got 11.5 for this one. The under yeah. is minus 145. The over is plus 115. 
Bengals signed Orlando Brown Jr. Big deal on the offensive line. Safety Nick Scott, tight end Irv Smith. You lose Jesse Bates. You lose Vaughn Bell and Hayden Hurst. Casey, where is the value? The, the losses hurt me a little bit here. I'm not going to lie. Um, they had a pretty underestimated offensive line. If they can start better than they did last season, I mean, they pulled off 12-4 and four last season, so I'm going to take the over here as, as risky as it kind of feels. But I still see them dominating the AFC North, um, and I see them getting off to a way stronger start than that 0-2 situation that they had. And they have the ability to be way better than they were last season, even with the losses, because they have the chemistry on their side. Joe Burrow that much more seasoned and his leadership skills. I mean, I can't talk enough about the way he talks and his post-game pressers and taking accountability to lead this team. So I'm going to say they, they hit the over. He's so close to Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. Brandon, what do you think? Completely agree. I can't wait for the day when Patrick Mahomes has to go on the road and win a playoff game. I can't wait. I just can't wait. I want to see him going to Buffalo. I want to see him going to Cincinnati. Every stinking year, that kid has home field advantage. They're fat coach. You can't walk by a buffet without stopping him for three hours. We got to stand and watch him on the sideline because he refuses to lose weight. I'm so sick and tired of seeing red on AFC Championship Sunday. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't take it. I'm going over 11 and a half. I want Cincinnati to get home field advantage. I want KC having to go in there. I want to see KC win something on the road. So I'm going to go over 11 and a half. Plus 115, plus money. I like it, guys. I am going over as well. I am not putting a lot of stock in the Browns this year, and that's a big reason why with my pick on that one. Let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers now. The over-under is set at 11, minus 135 for the under, plus 105 for the over. They bring in Javon Hargrave on the defensive line. They re-signed safety to Sean Gibson. Question marks, Brandon, at the quarterback position with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. What's the move here? I think they finished 10 and seven. I think wow. it's a little, little down year based on the quarterback situation. I think the last couple of years, they've been really, really tough. They've had, they've had a window of which to take advantage of that. I, I think that they're going to struggle a bit. I think the Rams come back with a passion. Um, Seattle's better in that division. Arizona's better. I'm going to go under, I'm going to go under Casey. What do you think? I'm taking the over. I was uh, I was the ultimate optimist about the bromance that started brewing between Purdy, Kittle, and McCaffrey. Now you're giving McCaffrey, who had to single-handedly throw the Panthers on his back in numerous situations, having a full season with the 49ers, and he's such a, a, Swiss, a Swiss Army knife. Like I love watching him play. Him having more time with that system, I can just imagine how how exciting that that offense is going to become. Um, and how many more trick plays they can throw in the mix. And you got George Kittle. He's so athletic. He's up for anything. And he's got this undeniable chemistry with Purdy. It was weird. It just started to click. They just had this unspoken bond all of a sudden. So I think Purdy made a huge case for himself. I know we're waiting to see what Trey Lance looks like when he gets back, what his health looks like, what the injury really did or did not, how it affected him. But I still think that Purdy – made a case to have a spot and to compete and to play with this team. And I just want to see these three guys go at it next year. I'm taking the over. Casey Hudson, I am with you as we wrap up. And here's why the Cardinals are a joke. The Seahawks, I think, may regress. And the Rams are a joke. So lock that in. Have a great weekend, everybody. This has been Believe Me right here on Stadium for Brandon Lang, who is not happy right now. And Casey Hudson, I'm Cam Rogers. We'll see you next week. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.